Yo, what is up? And welcome to the VBFA Leadership Podcast, episode number one. I am Cody, and I am joined today by our awesome kids pastor, Colby. What's up, man? How are you? Man, I'm good. It is so good to be here. I've been so excited for this. Ever since it was announced, I've been anticipating this moment, and it's finally here. Yeah, it is. It's finally here. A lot of planning and prep and prayer has went into it. We're pumped about it. It's going to be awesome. It's it's not only for this fall and the next few episodes that we're doing, highlighting somebody very special, but we're hoping that throughout 2021, all of next year, that we're going to be doing some cool podcasts too and uh, bringing some guests in and talking about some different topics and stuff. So yeah, I'm it's excited. an exciting time. I yeah. think it's a really good idea, and we'll get into that in a little bit about how I think you came up with this idea. Yeah. Um, but right now, we've got a really special guest with us, and we are so excited, somebody that has been in this church for years, been in this community for years. And I think that a lot of people have, well, I know a lot of people have grown to love and to know, and that is Pastor Gary Grisham. What's up? How are (laughs) you this morning? Great. How are you guys? We are great. great. It's it's exciting to have you here this morning. And uh, we're honored to have you. We're honored to be on staff with you. We're honored to know you. And uh, we're just excited to celebrate your life over the next few episodes we um we got to talking about this uh if uh if you haven't been around or maybe uh maybe you're just finding out in just a a few short weeks pastor gary is going to be retiring and uh and so we are celebrating 40 years of ministry four decades four decades of ministry and uh we're, we're super excited a few months ago six or seven months ago i was um i was I was asleep and uh, I, I was dreaming and I was actually dreaming about this particular thing happening and uh, some of the questions that we're going to be asking and stuff. And I woke up in the middle of the night, it was three or four o'clock in the morning. And I just, I felt like it was a God thing. Like, man, we need to do this. We need to honor and celebrate uh, Pastor Gary. And there's, there's a lot of things maybe people don't know about you. And uh, there, there's some things that we know just because we're close with you and we get to hear uh, funny stories in the car or at lunch and stuff like that. And so we just wanted to celebrate you. There's some really funny stories we're going to talk about over the next few episodes and uh, some serious things. And uh, there might be some tears shed and definitely some laughs had. And uh, so we're just excited about it. And so thank you again for coming and being a part of today. Thank you for asking. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's get into it. Let's just start at the very beginning. Let's start way back in 1956, oh right? Wasn't that what year you were born? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> August the 28th. Oh, my goodness. 1956. And who was president at that time? <laughs> I have no clue. Is it Wasn't it like George Eisenhower Washington? or something? George Washington. I doubt it. <laughs> Um, so you, you grew up in Silsby, right? You're not from Arkansas. No, sir. I'm from Silsby, Texas. Silsby, Texas. And where's that, where's that at on the map? Oh. It's about 15 miles from Beaumont, Texas, which is, uh, okay. it's about on the kind of close to the Gulf, but close to the Gulf. South okay. Texas. South okay. Texas. Okay. Southeast Texas. Did y'all have like a certain mascot, your school mascot or something? Where we were the Silsby Tigers. Ooh, the Ooh, Tigers. Yeah. And we were good. Ferocious. <laughs> is Silsby, is it a big town or? Uh, it's about maybe, I, I think probably the population when I was there was around maybe 6,000. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So what, what was it like growing up in Silsby? What, what'd you guys do? What'd you do as kids? 
Well, now that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just uh, looking at some pictures, and oh, we man. came across a couple pictures of you as a kid, and you were there's some interesting pictures out there. <laughs> do, you, do you have any specific stories of any childhood memories that you want to share with us? Well, I probably, uh, <laughs> I've got four older brothers, so I better kind of oh, be no. careful. <laughs> if they watch this, I'm in trouble. Uh -oh. uh, but with five boys in the family, you can guarantee there was a lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. man, I bet. I bet. So, uh, you know, you're, you're a 60s kid, I guess. So, I mean, there was... Uh, did you guys play outside a lot? I mean, what what did you do? Did you well, yes, we had to play outside. My yeah. mother uh, wanted us outside all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yes, we had plenty of pasture to go play in. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. That's, that's good. good. You, what, was there anything specific that you liked to do, like anything as a kid that you liked to do? Was it always like riding your bike or uh, – I mean – didn't you used to like go somewhere and dance or something like that? Didn't you win some dance competitions one time as a kid or something? Well, I, I did one time, but we, <laughs> I sure did. No, we uh, we was outside all the time. Across the street from our home, there was a, a big pasture, just woods. Okay. And we'd go out there and build tree houses oh, and yeah. play and chase each other and do all kinds of things. Played football okay. a lot with the family. Okay. That's good. You know, okay. Broke my arm playing football one uh -oh. time because they gave me the ball and they all tapped. My brothers are big. <laughs> yeah. So, and our neighbors were big. So, uh, the point of the ball broke this arm right here. So, oh, man. Because I was at the bottom of the pile. Ugh. And with you being in Texas, that means, I guess that means you're a Longhorn fan. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll pray for you. Yeah, we'll pray it's for okay. you. Um, so uh, what was it like having four older brothers? I mean, you're, so you're the youngest of, of five? Yes, I'm the youngest. It, it was quite interesting. I was, they probably don't want me talking about because <laughs> <laughs> surely they won't watch this video but it was quite interesting yeah. to have four older brothers so it were you good. were you like the uh the honorary little brother that like told on them or like you were following them around uh, and yeah. wanting to be like them yes yes and yes <laughs> <laughs> i did i had to be yes i did but I, oh yeah you know i was kind of scared of them too because i knew what they would do to me sure so yeah. Were they are they a lot older than you? Are they were they like in high school when you were in elementary oh, or yes, sir. Y'all pretty that, close. The oldest one was in high school when I was okay. in elementary. So okay. we were all spaced out, maybe like two or three years apart. Okay. All right. Well that's cool. That's cool. So did did you have anybody in particular that like you looked up to as a kid, like um like maybe a celebrity or um, or maybe somebody in your life, maybe one of your older brothers or maybe your dad or something. Is there somebody in your life that you were like, man, I want to be like them when I grow up? Can well, you think of anybody? That's a, that's a big question. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I, uh, I, I think my brothers, I guess you could say, my uh, oldest brother, uh, Johnny, was the oldest. And uh, all of us, and, uh, but I guess the person that really affected my life was my Papa Kelly. Hmm. I would say he, they lived next door to us. Okay. And uh, Papa Kelly, he was he was always just a, a gentle soul and and worked hard and hmm. and cared for people. So yeah, I, I really think Papa Kelly was probably the most influential yeah. person in my life. Yeah, I understand that. Their grandpas are really good for yes. for kids for sure. Absolutely. And um and switching gears a little bit, maybe to more a, a more of a serious note, but um. With you growing up um, in Silsby and having all those uh, all those family members and stuff, 
Um, how was your how was your uh, life and family like going to church? Did you guys go to grow up going to church? Because I mean, a lot of people probably think that you you know were grew up in church and all this kind of kind of stuff, but it wasn't always that way, was it? No, no, sir. Um, I, I ba- vaguely remember we didn't go to church as a family, at, with everybody. Um, I, I went to vacation Bible school maybe once in a while. I didn't even really go to church that much. Um, my mother uh, sometimes would take me to church with which she went and uh, but n- none of our family just actually was a part of a church full-time um, when I first found church I was probably I was most likely like a I think it was like a freshman in high school okay wow. when I first uh, a cousin invited me to go to church with him and I went to a to a church then and and got connected so uh, do you remember what the name of the church was? Yes, it was New Covenant Assembly of God Church. Hmm. Wow, that's pretty cool. It was the very first one I <laughs> went to there in Silsby, and uh, it was it was kind of a it was like a lifesaver to me because it's like you know, those people, especially the men in the church, yeah, uh, took me in and and uh, took me fishing and stuff like that. And not that my family didn't do that, but sure. yet they kind of nurtured me into. Uh, going to church and staying in church and so I really uh, the Bill Siemens and the R.C. Kikers at that time were, mm-hmm. were people that really had an influence in my life well those were really transformative years you know you're yes. in junior high and starting to get into high school you're trying to figure out who you're going to be right and to have somebody like that in your life it, it, it means a lot I yeah. remember I remember times we'd always go to Louisiana and uh, my Aunt Artist that lived there, and Uncle Manny, but my Aunt Artist was Church of Christ, and we would go to her, her church if, if she, you know, she'd say, well, I'm going to church, you want to go, and I'd go. And, uh, but other than that, uh, it, we weren't raised in okay. church all yeah. the time. And that's yeah. a really great story, you know, looking at, you know, 40 years of ministry and, and leading a church, <clears throat> and it turns out that the story didn't begin in church at all. Right. It, it, you know, he was, you know, in high school by the time he, he got to church. That's a really encouraging story to a lot of people who oh, yeah. who probably, you know, might not be in church yet or you have kids who might not be in church yet. You know, there's true. there's there's hope for everyone, you know. That's yeah, true, I mean, so. it's, a, you know, as a youth pastor, it's encouraging to me and it and also puts some responsibility on me mm-hmm. as, you know, you never know who's going to come to your youth group or who right. might start coming and. Um, a new face, you never know who they'll, they'll wind up growing up to be. Well, that's yeah. true. I, I, really, the first time I ever stepped inside of a Pentecostal church at New Covenant Assembly of God Church, uh, I was quite blown away because <laughs> I'd never seen anything. You know, the, yeah. the people were very worshipful, and hmm. and uh, it was a just an exciting thing. I was just, my probably my eyes was wide open the whole time. <laughs> but there was something about it that also drew me in, Yeah, yeah. you know. And I just began to wonder about this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was my first experience in Pentecost. So, like, how long how long did it take you being into church and stuff? Obviously, you didn't always want to grow up to be a pastor, I would assume. Right. Right. Well, I I attended, you know, uh, New Covenant, and the pastors that was there really, and the Sunday school teachers, uh, really for was influential in getting me stabilized as in the Word sure. for sure. And uh, encouraged me and and helped me to understand about Pentecost and mm-hmm. the and being filled with the Spirit and yeah. and uh, so I, I I sought that hmm. and I I, I, re- I can I can I can remember as a uh, sophomore junior high in high school when the Lord baptized me in the Holy Ghost and it, 
changed my whole life completely oh, then because it just like it transformed me to to uh to really know that there's power in serving the lord yeah. and because uh not to say nothing but I, when i'd go home i'd be in an atmosphere where they weren't serving sure. the lord sure. but then i go to church i felt freedom yeah. to worship and 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 grow in the grace of god and and uh being taught yeah about how to live a pentecostal life yeah. and in spite of what the situations that i was raised in yeah uh, that's one thing that in in youth that i've tried to talk to a few different kids of just what's it like trying to live a christian life or trying to follow christ when when you don't have that full support system at home believing the same thing or bringing you to church each week and it can, it can be difficult at times yes sir well i mean uh when you think about it they because uh, i wasn't able to drive at this age or nothing and uh they would come pick me up and Man, take that's me awesome to so it's almost like bus ministry except it was a yeah. car yeah <laughs> they would come and take me to uh to church and i guess that's probably why i fell in love with bus ministry sure. because it, uh, I was one of those kids yeah. that they would come get me in their car and take me to church, bring me home, yeah. you know. So it was kind of uh, just an adjustment to get. Yeah. Well, and you think you think for those people, that's that's a lot to ask of them for you know for them sure. to offer to do that, and and yet the the rewards eternally that yes. they've gained from that, yeah. that the blessings that thousands and thousands of people have received by you being in the ministry was all because somebody's willing just to take you home or yeah. just to pick you up yeah and so that that's huge yeah that's awesome yeah. but the, the, but these uh when new covenant church when i first started they would uh do that and my mother my mother eventually you know began to be interested about this kind of church because why you go to church all the time what's sure. so different about this church and i just said you'll just have to come experience it yeah and um so when she came uh to church with me the first time she was really uh, i think drawn but also she she was raised church of christ so it's totally different <laughs> yeah. when you come to a pentecostal church yeah you got but music yet she going fell in love with it and, and later that. on through the years she started she's attended there for years and years and hmm. years that's awesome so that's awesome well, um, so I guess transitioning a little bit more, you know, from the point of you being a high, uh, a high school senior or in high school, you know, at some point you had to start thinking about college. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we know that you wound up at uh, Southwestern Assembly of God College um, there in Waxahachie. Yes. Um, how did you decide to do that? I mean, you know, not everybody decides I'm going to go into Bible college. <laughs> Well, in, in the process of time, when I, when I began to become a senior in high school, um, uh, I knew I wanted to go to college. And so uh, I had uh, began to just kind of search out what I wanted to do. And, and so I was working at a, a department store that used to be called Ardans, and I was a manager of toys and baby goods, if you can imagine <laughs> that. But, uh, but I like the toy great. section. I did not sure. know that. <laughs> uh, I was manager there. And uh, I loved it, and and the thing about it was I was uh, just you know serving the Lord and and uh, and and just trying to find out what God wanted me to do. And in the process of time, I was actually the Natchez Valley uh, CA rep for a little bit huh. while going to church. And uh, so, but I was I don't know. There's something tugging at me. Yeah. And in 1980, um, 
I was uh, going, had a great job, loved it, what I was doing, and uh, I just walked in. It was probably the month of December. Uh, I just walked in and and I, I just told the, the the manager of the store, I think I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I think I want to go to Bible school. Hmm. Wow. And so they understood, and so I left there and uh, just quit my job, and then. Uh, went to Southwestern in December of 1980, hmm. you know, uh, at the very front part of 1980, January of 1980, I started okay. the semester there. And it, from then on, it really completely changed my life. Oh, I bet. Wow. I bet. Did you live on campus or did you? Yes, my roommate was Ricky White. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I He's think we might have a picture now. of that. Yeah, we yeah. think we might flash a picture <laughs> yes, of that. Yes, when I got to Southwestern, uh, there was a, a a tryout for a group that was on campus. and They were called Maranatha Repertoire Company, and it was a drama and singing group. And uh, so I went and tried out, because I love to sing, went and tried out and made the group. Huh. So uh, I started traveling with them, and we traveled all over South uh, Texas, North Texas, uh, went to Oklahoma, wow. Arkansas, New Mexico, hmm. and, and Louisiana, uh, through the, to help, that's what actually paid me to go to school because okay. we raised our money then it helped to pay through the for offerings school. and stuff okay and uh so the lord blessed me in that and it was just a that was really uh dennis and tina whaley were the directors of the that group and they really began to uh instill in me about ministry about the future of ministry and mm. and where i was headed uh we, we had a great group of young people in this group, and really, I'm not saying, but it was a, we had a lot of people in there that really wanted to seek God's will in their lives and, and be a blessing to people, and we've seen some great, great services, and and uh, that's my first introduction to Van Buren First, sure. because uh, we did a CA convention for them back then when they called it CA conventions, and uh, and that's when I first met Brother Johnson. Okay. Uh, he was the decap, and then later on, when he came to um, Van Buren First Assembly, and I think uh, it was 1980, I think when he went also mm-hmm. to Van Buren or around there, and uh, uh, he came in June, I think, of 1980, and then I ended up coming to Van Buren the 28th of December in 1980. Wow. So roundabout, when he asked me to come, I. I just didn't know how to react to him because I thought, wow, you know, to go to be a youth pastor at a church. So uh, I took that opportunity and I said, prayed about it. And the Lord uh, just led me here. That's pretty cool. So back to Maranatha for just a second. Was that like a big group? I mean, it was a big group of you guys or just like a small? It was a small ensemble of people. Okay. Uh, I think maybe seven or eight of us. Okay. uh, And the directors were Dennis and Tina Whaley. And, uh, we would travel and do skits and things like that. And so y'all went to like, like youth camps and just people's churches for revivals and stuff? Or? We, we were gone every weekend. Somewhere. Wow. We were gone Sunday morning, Sunday nights around the North Texas district. Then okay. we would, during the summer, uh, we went to Arkansas, Louisiana, New Mexico, things like that. Huh. We'd plan it out. And uh, one of those stops was in uh, the Arkansas district youth camp. And then at uh, Van Buren first, okay. I think the first of the uh, semester, 
around September or October when we started back to school, we came to do a weekend service at okay. First Assembly. Okay. That's pretty cool. So it was, uh, did you guys have the whole service, like, uh, or you guys were just like a portion of it? Yes, we did the whole service. It would, it was like a, we, we told a story about okay. uh, the crucifixion, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, it was like, a, you just have to kind of see it. Sure. We would, uh, at times, somebody's be acting, uh, the others are froze and hmm. they're not moving. And then uh, we, we did this, this drama and, uh, at every church we went to and in in the midst of that drama we would do songs hmm. and minister and uh it it was it was really unique but it was very powerful because uh uh the we would take songs that were maybe relevant at that time and inter intertwine them okay. into what we're we're doing so it's kind of a precursor to fine arts almost right because they didn't they weren't doing fine arts or anything like that at the time right they were it was i think it was called teen talent then okay all right <laughs> it was called teen before talent yeah, it was before our days <laughs> yeah before your day uh, but, uh, but no we it was it was we were trying to because we represented southwestern okay and, and we really affected a lot of people to come to southwestern sure because they they saw the the groups they could be in there's also the harvesters which is a was very big group there okay and uh very i think the harvesters was probably one of the starting groups at okay. southwestern and then uh dennis brother dennis started this group called maranatha repertoire company which is just a smaller group but yet we were unique in our dramas yeah. presentations we did skits funny skits serious skits that would try to get people thinking about their future and mm -hmm. How they need to turn their life over yeah. to the Lord. Do you still ever? Oh, sorry, guys. No, sorry. go ahead. Uh, do you ever still like keep up with any of your old Maranatha friends? Yes, uh, I've got friends of mine that Jim Franklin, especially. Uh, you know, uh, him and Cindy were both in the group. They're pastors in Fresno, California. Oh, wow. And some other, the other, uh, some other members of the groups are either at a, at a church. You know, doing ministry in the church, maybe not a pastor, but they're all involved in church. That's awesome. That almost every member is now is still in ministry. Yeah, still or, in ministry. Yeah, that's that's awesome. pretty neat. That's really cool. Was it was it difficult to to juggle schoolwork and and then be gone all weekend long? Well, uh, it would have been, but uh, <laughs> so are you brother, saying y'all didn't do your homework? Yeah. But brother it Dennis, been if we done it. <laughs> brother Dennis and Sister Tina told us we must keep our grades at a certain place okay. huh. we had to do that that we did work as we were traveling yeah you know it was a big motor home hmm. so uh it was room for all of us and we could we could study uh and take you know do our work because she made sure that we had a certain grade point and she would check it so huh. they were very strict on that and what uh like what specific degree did you go for well i was going to be <laughs> i was going i just kind of uh was going as ministry you know, yeah. uh, Bible, like biblical studies, yeah. biblical, biblical studies, studies, ministries. But, uh, you know, I really got interested in the, in the drama part of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about changing it, but I, yeah. I kept it, but, uh, I didn't finish Southwestern because I came to Van Buren first. Yeah. Assembly. <laughs> I well, I mean, that was, that was a huge, what was that like moving all the way from Texas to Arkansas? I mean, that's, that's a big well, deal, right? Yes, it was. I was. I was really to be. Honest, I was scared. I was excited. Yeah. But I was also nervous. Sure. Cause, uh, but I think what happened, what was good about it, is I'd already been there before. Sure. Through traveling with Maranatha, and I knew had you know had met Pastor Johnson, uh, and so I knew him, 
and uh, and Sister Johnson, and that's basically the only two people that I really knew. Yeah. I knew that uh, a girl that went to school with us, Debbie Hill, she was from Arkansas, and she'd tell me about how great the Johnsons were and all this stuff. So I felt comfortable, sure. but still scared about, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. what am I going to do and how's it going to yeah. work out? But uh, praise the Lord, it's yeah. still here. Yeah. So Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, and 40 years later, you're still here. <clears throat> so Yeah, I know you may have touched on it a little bit, but do you want to kind of – walk us back through like how like how did brother johnson end up asking you and how how that whole process went down and and how you ended up you know actually getting a job here and stuff well i've wondered that same question how, <laughs> why, why did he ask me uh you know we did the we did the um some uh, the summer we was going through there during the summer camps and so he had us to come and do a, a drama for the kids at the camp and uh, do a service that night so we did and uh, my first meeting though with him pastor johnson was when i first went to southwestern he came to southwestern and preached a back to school revival for the college and i will tell you it was a revival hmm. uh, there was nights that we would have to carry people from the from the chapel wow. to their rooms wow. and uh the services would last to 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Wow. And it was just a great revival. There was a, the, the Holy Spirit really failed during that week. So I was kind of acquainted with Brother Johnson at that time. And, uh, but I was, I was scared to death when he asked me, but I said yes. <laughs> but uh, when I pulled up, they, I told him I was moving here. And so uh, I went home. I didn't have a car, but I went home, packed up my stuff and uh, had to rent a U-Haul truck to bring my stuff up here. And the funny thing about that was that I pulled up in the U-Haul truck that Saturday and uh, Pastor Johnson had some men there to help me unload. And I kind of wondered what they were doing there. <laughs> and uh, he said, we want to help you unload. I said, well, I, I can get it. He said, no, we'll help you unload. So I opened up the back of the U-Haul truck and, and all of a sudden Pastor Johnson goes, where's your stuff? I said, it's up there on that shelf <laughs> on the top. They, they said, that's it? I said, that's all I got because I didn't wow. have a car uh, at wow. that time. And uh, that's all the stuff that I had. Man. I had my little stereo up there, the <laughs> record player. But, uh, but that's all I had. And they thought, this is it? I said, yes, sir, this is it. So wow. I moved it in. They didn't have to do that. <laughs> So I moved it in, but that was my first, that was the, the, some men that were there was my first meeting of them. So they're probably thinking, who is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's <Sorry>. great. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to get a little bit more into your ministry here at, at first assembly in those first few years that you were here and what it was like in episode number two. But, um, I, I think it's been great learning a lot about you when you were younger and yeah. stuff. And, and I've learned some things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I always love hearing you talk about your Maranatha days and, and running around with all those people. And of course we've seen some of your funny skits and stuff too, since, um, that you've redone Rover and some different things like that. And so, uh, we just love, we love that part of your life. And, um, even though we weren't a part of it, it's fun to hear about it and stuff. And so, um, so I'm you're saying you weren't born. <laughs> right. yeah. 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 Oh, no, we definitely no. were not I don't know if our yet. parents were born yet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, we'll get into that in episode number two. So uh, thanks, for, thanks for watching episode number one, and, uh, and check us out again. Right? Yeah, can't wait to see you back for episode number two. All right, see you later.